What up, Anchor FM? What up, Spotify? What up, the whole entire world? I am Dre Waz. Dre Waz County. And today, and today, what's today? What's today? Saturday? July 10th. 2020 and today I want to talk about these celebrities I want to talk about these celebrities and the time is 1.53 p.m. afternoon well actually it's like uh, uh, it's afternoon I want to talk about these celebrities today how they full of crap how they full of crap. How they're not so much different from you, but they are different from you. I want to talk about these celebrities today. I want to talk about this. I'm going to come at like the new Kanye like. But anyway, these celebrities like Kanye West. Bruh. I like your music though, Kanye. I like your music though. I ain't gonna front. I like your music. But it seems like Kanye, it's like you, it's like you kind of selling out a little bit. It's like you changing your tone a little bit. You and Jay Z changing your tone a little bit. It's like you being a seller. But I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, Kanye, about the Republican Party. I hear what you're saying because I'm not no politician and I'm not no religious man because I don't like both of the two because that's nothing but a power of control. That's it. Even religion. I'm a rebel. So, I'm going to talk about these celebrities today here on Anchor FM and Spotify. Follow me on Instagram, Drill Lucian. Follow me on Facebook, Drill Lucian. YouTube, like, share, and subscribe. Drill Lucian. Email me, email me, email me, excuse me. Email me if you have any questions at Lucian Drill number seven. Email me at gmail.com. Cash out. Dollar sign Lucian Drill number seven. Here today on Anchor FM and Spotify. Word. I am the one and only. Dre Wise, Dre Wise, Dre Wise. I mean, it's it's a murder case. No one wants to go down for it. No one. Devani Benton's younger cousin, Sergio Kitchens, says Benton is on trial for murder simply because his friends turned on him. Just go to just go to see like you ain't got no real friends out there. You know what I'm saying? I learned from that. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm I'm not happy that it that it happened, but you know what I'm saying? I'm I was I'm kind of good to see the be on the outside looking in. Kitchens is now a member of the neighborhood rap group SPC, known as Shady Park Click, like his cousin once was. Yeah, that's why that's why it's come back to that that's that street word snitch. No one's want to be labeled as a snitch. Mm. I don't want to tell on him because somebody might c- try to come kill kill me or someone in my family. Kitchen says Benton first lied to police because he didn't want to rat out another member, Clarence Carter. Everybody, like, know, like, the streets know. And so everybody looking at it like it was wrong because this man would let let my family member, you know what I'm saying, go down for something he did. 
Kitchens claims Benton and Carter were both wearing red the night Jasmine Lynn was shot. Oh, it was red. just a, co a coincidence of how it was put out. Like, they actually had on the same exact color. Okay. He just had on a hood, and Devo then he had on a regular shirt. Kitchens believes that mistaken identity played a big role in this case. And he knows one thing for sure, that his cousin is innocent. And it's not right because you think you have one in jail for the crime, but it's not the right guy. I ain't and I got, I got, like, it's just that shit. That shit to look on. Shit, I say I ain't gonna say only lie no way. So 
So, simple reason 69 69 is writing everyone out but we now finally have the reason why he is doing it from 69 himself be sure to like the video and subscribe to the channel so i can take care of my kids blood like i made a lot of mistakes like like i'm not going to prison forever do 
Do you want to win any of these items on your screen? If so, be sure to watch the whole video, leave a like, and comment the hidden message. And with that being said, let's get right into the video. He doesn't think he's actually snitching. Tied to the same gang as Takashi, but transcripts obtained by Complex show that the rainbow-haired rapper never actually said that. I know this may sound rather ludicrous in regards to what is going on right now in the courts, but hear me out. These aren't my words. It's actually his and some people associated with him. You see, during a court appearance in September, 6 9 was put on the stand and told to testify about the group known as the Nine Trays, a group he himself has confirmed he was not only a part of, but was the bank for. Now I can talk when I walk, yeah? You ain't not talking no more. He do the talking for you. He do the talking for me. Jigsaw. He was detained in November of 2018 along with other group members in regards to several charges and then in February he signed a plea deal to testify against him and the rest of the group. That right there would be the very definition of snitching and yet in his mind, that's apparently not the case. One source said this after the recent rounds of testimony. It's not like he ratted out on his homeboys he knew since he was three years old. A source close to the legal team told the New York Daily News. He barely knew them. And as if that wasn't enough, during one of his testimonies recently, he was asked about dry snitching. He replied, dry snitching is like snitching without snitching. You're telling people what happened, but you're not putting your name on it. Who knew snitching was so complicated, huh? Well, that's the thing. You need to ask yourself, what is the pure definition of snitching? Most people think of snitching as telling someone a hidden truth in order to get them in trouble, which 6ix9ine is technically doing. However, when a person's life is on the line, which 6ix9ine technically is, something coming clean isn't snitching at all. So here we are once again, what is snitching? And is 6ix9ine doing it? Pretty much all of the rap community is saying that he is, mainly because he's calling out not just former group members, but major rappers in the community for their various crimes. That uh, Jim was affiliated and also brought up Cardi B. I think there was other names in there too. And also he can benefit in their eyes. He's not just violating the law of no snitches, but the question of what price? Loyalty? He's not following the laws of the streets in many people's eyes. Even fans are mad at what 6ix9ine is doing on the stand. So if in his mind he's not snitching, that begs the question, what does he think he's doing? How to save your own skin. Looking up to me, Blade, I got a daughter. I got music that's still hot. Like, I gotta do what I gotta do. We'll detail the arrest record of 6ix9ine a little later, including the November 28 arrest. But what you really need to know right now is that 6ix9ine got detained by the FBI last year. It was fully planned, it was a legit case, and 6ix9ine wasn't just facing jail time. He was facing decades of jail time. In fact, he had the potential not once, but twice to be booked for life in prison, which is something you don't get out of. Just as bad though, at minimum, if convicted of the various charges put against him, which more than likely he was going to get convicted of, he would have faced at least 47 years in jail. Let me repeat that for you, 47 years at least. So Knowing all of that, when he was presented with a plea deal in January and February of this year, how do you think he felt about it? Do you think he said, man, I shouldn't do this because I'm going to snitch on my homies? Or do you think he said, I've got to do this if I have any chance of getting out of here? Here's a hint. He likely thought the latter. When it comes to 6ix9ine, he's admitted multiple times that he believes in the image of being a rapper, meaning you have to look and sound a certain way to be a true hardcore rapper. But the problem with believing in an image is that the image may not exactly be who you are, which 6ix9ine found out the very, very hard way. Now, sure, the first week or so, he probably felt he could hold out, prove his street cred and all that. But when the wall started closing in on him, and he could tell that he really didn't have any allies in prison, he likely went into panic mode, and he probably couldn't get that plea deal signed fast enough. But was that wrong of him to do so? Was it wrong of him to try and prioritize his own life above the lives of others? That would depend on what you choose to believe. The rap community certainly feels that he is a rat and should be punished in certain ways for betraying their code, but rarely is there anything that simple. The other thing you need to remember is that for 6ix9ine, he's not that old. He's only 23 years old, still in the prime of his life. He probably thought about what it would 
it be like to be in jail for 47 years, come out at the age of 70 and not knowing what the world was on the outside. That kind of thinking can put the fear of God into a lot of people, and it clearly did for him. Granted, his plea deal does not guarantee that he'll be getting out of jail soon, or even this year, but it is heavily inferred, especially after the latest string of testimonies where he put the screws to the nine trays and many others. So if he does get leniency or a much shorter stint in jail, it would have been worth the risk and the with a Fortis education, you You're a rat. A rat, bro. You're a rat. R-A-T. Right. Another thing that came to light in regards to the recent testimony given by 6ix9ine is that he knows exactly how people view him in terms of him being a rapper and a person. He's done a lot of terrible things and he admits that. During the court testimony, he admitted that a recent attempted capture that happened to him was actually fake so that he would promote his new song Fifi, which indeed was a hit in part because of the buzz that was surrounding him at the time. So maybe, just maybe, he feels that by doing this plea deal and snitching that he can atone for the crimes that he has done over the years. And trust me, there have been a ton of crimes that he has both done and got away with. 6ix9ine versus the law. Right, people 6ix9ine is snitching on his gang and he's going into witness protection this guy 6ix9ine was born Daniel Hernandez and from a young age it was clear he was actually destined to be divisive and I don't say that looking at his current legal situation but rather but rather he felt that he was the king of New York when he was young long before he ever truly became a rapper usually that kind of arrogance can be a benefit as you can use it to drive you and try and back up what you say but with 6ix9ine it was more of a moniker that he and he alone believed which obviously made him a target in the rap community from those who knew he wasn't nothing compared to them and as noted he's had a lot of arrests and each of them showed just what kind of guy he was but if we were to look at his first major arrest we actually have to go to the time before he was truly 6ix9ine and was actually on his way to building up his name before becoming said controversial rapper. In fact, it's not a stretch to say that Takashi's whole career has honestly been modeled after the mantra of my image above all else. The colored hair, which is dried out in jail, the teeth, the face tattoos, everything is about being the rapper image. And it was his mentality of being like a rapper that was the start of his problems. From all the way back in 2015, he got arrested for using underage girls in an explicit video. Confused? 6ix9ine was hanging out with some friends and felt that if he wanted to be a rapper, he needed to be seen in the rapper life for example doing something kind of controversial so he invited some girls over to do a suggested video with him and his pals the problem wasn't that the video was explicit it was the underage girls part people take the age limit very seriously now as 6ix9ine brought up many times over the next several sessions with police judges and more he didn't touch the girls in the video which is true he also noted that he didn't know that the girls were underage he himself was 18 at the time and he thought the girls were older because of how they talked and the questions they asked and never once according to him at least did they ever say that they were underage so technically speaking what they did was in their own volition and the video would go on to technically prove this after all was said and done 6ix9ine got off on the charge for the most part i mean that the plea deal he got came with a lot of stipulations including getting his ged apologizing to the parents of the girls in the video and more sure enough he did apologize to the parents but when it came to getting his ged he filed multiple instances to have the deadline for the ged acquiring to be delayed and at the time of this video he still hasn't gotten it which technically should have gotten him in jail and a court battle was going on to try and bust him for not following the stipulations of his plea deal and yet he didn't get busted. Not for that, anyway. That was the first step. The first step that had 6ix9ine on a long and hard road that ended up in the witness chair in court. You almost have to wonder if he's been thinking about these past arrests and wondering if he was able to get back into the world whether he could do better this go around. What it could hope, because the escalation of these arrests only grew over time. The big offense. 6ix9ine has officially ratted everyone out, including Trippy Red, and rappers are furious at him. To the point that these reactions are unbelievable. So today we're going over rappers reacting to 6ix9ine snitching. Boy, rat, you're a rodent. I don't respect you. Do you want to win any of these items on your screen? If so, be sure to watch the whole video, leave a like, and comment the hidden message. And with that being said, let's get right into the video. What did he do now? Big homie, big homie. 
we'll detail the whole case against 6ix9ine later. But for those who want the basics now, 6ix9ine is a rapper who has had long-standing troubles with the law. In November of 2018, he was detained by the FBI in regards to several incidents he perpetrated with his former group. Who recently pled guilty to nine felonies and is facing 47 years in prison. Whom he fired weeks before being detained and were detained alongside him as a part of the group known as the Nine Trays. In February 2019, 6ix9ine accepted a plea deal, one that would have him confess and plead guilty to various accounts, but couldn't get a life sentence verdict and would likely be given a lesser sentence. The catch? He had to rat out not just the former crew that was detained, but testify against the Nine Trays, which he did. And at this point, pretty much everyone detained in November 2018 from the FBI bust has pleaded guilty to certain charges, been convicted, and even been sentenced. Physically, mentally, you know, I'm strong, can't break, I'm thin, I'm cold. I mean, thank the Lord, thank my family, I'm in. Did he stop there, though? Nope. As of September 18th, 6ix9ine was back in court, but this time around, he was spilling the beans about the beef the Nine Trays had against other people, including one incident where another such group in Texas, headed up by Rapalot, refused to let 6ix9ine perform in Austin, Texas, because he didn't seek Rapalot's permission to do so. This led to a revenge plot, according to TMC's recording of the trial. As it turns out, Rapalot Records' honcho, Jay Prince, was in NYC the next month, and Takashi testified that he and the Nine Trays decided to get revenge. He says Shoddy and other gang members stole from Rapalot's reps, in the lobby of a building while Takashi sat outside in a parked car. Takashi shot video of the incident, which prosecutors played in court, along with surveillance video of the incident. Takashi said that as they fled the scene in the car, Shadi got nervous and kicked 6ix9ine out of the car, leaving him to take the subway back to Brooklyn while packing a piece in his hoodie. This wasn't all though. He noted that there was another Nine Trays altercation approved, and it was done on rapper Trippy Red, and many were wondering if this would indeed come out in court. He specifically went into detail into who ordered the hit, his former manager, who was there when it happened. Furthermore, he documented the command structure of the Nine Trays, certain other notable incidents, including an altercation that happened at LAX, and on and on it went. He was even asked definitively what his role in the group was. He said, just keep making hits and be the financial support so they could buy pieces and stuff like that. 6ix9ine noted on the stand that if he made something like $250,000 for a deal or a song release, he'd get like $185,000 and the group would take the rest. Does that sound like a fair trade? It did to 6ix9ine. He said the group was the reason he was famous. My career, I got the street credibility, the videos, the music, the protection, all of the above. And his time in court is still not done. There is a ton more that needs to be revealed, which makes people all the more curious about how 6ix9ine is going to be if he does get out of jail, because his snitching has made him a lot of enemies. The backlash from the recent snitching. But the original core and base that he tapped into mm -hmm. won't even in the rap community, there are certain rules that are meant to be followed, and one of the biggest rules is loyalty. Loyalty above all else. Even if someone does you wrong, you need to be loyal. You can hate them, you cannot talk to them ever again, but you be loyal and not rat them out to get even. Snitching of any kind, shape, or form is basically outlawed in the rap community, because if you do, you're going to lose your credibility, and you won't be able to be trusted anymore. In the rap community, that's everything. And the immediate reaction to 6ix9ine's further snitching is already making waves, both good and bad in the rap community. For example, fellow Brooklyn rapper Skinny from the Nine went and made a video that TMZ got and he said right off the bat that what 6ix9ine was doing was wrong. He gave a shout out to those that 6ix9ine had snitched on and said that if 6ix9ine really wanted to get back into the music community after this, it would be an uphill battle. Yet in a twist, rapper Tory Lanez has said that if he gets the chance to, he might work with 6ix9ine again despite all he's done. I don't know how he's gonna feel when he gets out of jail, I don't know what he's got personally, whatever it is, music is music bro. At the end of the day, however it happens for him, as a person, bro, and regardless of whatever he did, I kinda miss the guy. As a person, he was a funny guy. I really just don't care. I don't give a...
about how people view me. Don't like me already? I don't care. He said, though, that he can't fully sympathize with 6 9 in his plight, though, because he himself was never in that position and would never put him in that. But that above all else, it's about the music and not the personal drama. While inspiring in its own right, Lanes is most definitely in the minority here. Many rappers had it with 6 9 and his snitching, and while many aren't saying stuff right now because the case is still ongoing, when it came to the original plea deal and snitching, they had plenty to say. Word from the rap community. Brought energy out and the world would deliver the energy that you're putting out, like you delivering a gangster type of energy now. He locked up. All of his rap life, 6 9 has made it very clear that what he valued the most in his career was his image. As noted earlier, he joined the 9 trades because he wanted credibility and used that credibility in order to make a lot of waves in the rap community, including calling himself the king of New York. But the moment he snitched, all of that went away, and many rappers were quick to vocalize just how worthless 6 9 had become. That including some rap legends like Snoop Dogg. The double OG has never been afraid to note the lack of style that 6 9 has had in his music. Life, looks, and more. But for Snoop, the biggest thing was that not only did he snitch, but he also snitched on his crew to the government, whom Snoop Dogg doesn't trust that much. I was truly the last straw for Snoop. He went and noted during a message about a lawyer for 6 9 that they should let the rat rock. And he went on to note, this bust is man. The era I come from, you couldn't tell on a snitching, working with the federal government. After the government shut down, they decided to work with the federal government. I swear to God, this new gangbang is robotic to me. So yeah, Snoop Dogg ain't happy, and if 6 9 gets out, he's going to know that Snoop Dogg is rooting against him in regards to getting back into rap. And clearly, he won't be alone in the thought process. For example, Jim Jones had to say on the matter during a radio interview, we can't. 6 9 history is erased. We're not even gonna say what we liked or what we don't like. He did some actions that he can't come back from. So his name, non-mentionable. The rapper was then asked if 6 9 could step foot in New York again. I don't know what he could do. I don't give a what he could do. That's not my job. If he did step foot in there, they should stay far away from him. I grew up in an era where certain things you cannot come back from. You a rat, you a rat forever. Ain't no coming back from them. So that's a subject that we don't even have to touch on. 6 9s future in the rap industry. 6 9s future in the rap industry is indeed something that is in a bit of flux because of his court case and new snitch moniker. Because before 6 9 was detained, he was loud and proud about his tough guy image and even went so far as to call himself the king of New York and that ruffled a lot of feathers before he got detained as there are many rappers from New York and many can make legit claims to that title but 6ix9ine most certainly wasn't one of them and now because of what the rapper with the number one album in the country is expected to testify in a murder trial in Hamilton County later this week. T.I. is expected to appear as a witness in the murder trial of Hosea Thomas. Thomas is accused of killing Philant Johnson, the personal assistant for T.I. in 06. Local 12's Joe Webb was inside the courtroom for opening statements. Joe joins us live from the courthouse with new information in this developing story alert. Joe? Well, Rob, testimony began this afternoon in that murder trial that's expected to draw crowds and extra security here at the Hamilton County Courthouse. T.I., one of the hottest rap artists in, a, in America today, is expected to testify later this week, maybe as early as tomorrow. Now, is his personal assistant, Philant Johnson, who police say was gunned down while riding with T.I. and his entourage as they left a Roselawn club in May of 2006. Now, this morning, jurors toured the Club Ritz, that club in Roselawn, where police say it all started. Now, T.I.'s entourage was partying at the Club Ritz. They were there after a concert at Bogart's. There was a fight. According to police, they left in two vans, but according to the police, they were followed by Jose Thomas and his brother, brother Padron. Shots were fired back and forth. Four people were injured. Philant Johnson died. Now, T.I. is subpoenaed to testify tomorrow, but is not expected until Friday. The rapper has the number one album on Billboard's rap chart and the two top singles on Billboard's Hot 100. 
Today, both sides laid out their cases. The prosecution says Jose Thomas's brother will testify that he drove while his brother shot at T.I.'s van. The defense says all the testimony is coming from criminals cutting deals who didn't come forward for a very long time. If this were a ticket and it were handed to you, I think the first thing that would jump out at you is, this is 2006. They're telling me that I did this offense in 2006, two and a half years ago? Padron will testify that he was there that night, that he left the club with Jose, that he is driving, that Jose is in the front passenger seat, and that Jose fired shots at the black van, that it was Jose who was the shooter, and that uh, Jose's brother, Padron, was the driver. Now, the prosecution opened its case today with the testimony of two police officers. They expect the crowd for T.I.'s testimony, who will be a prosecution witness. Like I said, he is subpoenaed to testify tomorrow, but they don't expect him probably until Friday. He was, according to police, in the van with Falon Johnson and the others when they were shot. No testimony yet on exactly what happened inside the club to get all this started. Jose Thomas is facing murder and assault charges. Reporting live from outside the Hamilton County Courthouse, I'm Joe Webb, Local 12. Rob? Joe, thanks very much. The murder trial is expected to last about a week, we're told. States Exhibit 34K. Mm-hmm. You recognize who that is? Yeah, that's Phil. Okay. Oh, that's his body. In 34A. Yeah, that's the entry wound. And that's a picture of lot with the bullet hole in his head? Yes, it is. And that's the bullet hole that you described to the jury as being in his temple on the left side? Yeah. How did Fallant's family find out about his death? I told him. I called his mom first, then I, called, then I told his cousin. I told his little girl. How old, did. how old was his little girl? His daughter was four years old at the time. Five, five years old at the time. And how, how did you tell his daughter that her father was dead? He's in a better place, and he won't be coming back. I told him how much he loved her. And how did you tell his mom that her son was gone? Um, well, first, I apologized. I apologized because, you know, I felt that, you know, all of those, all of those rounds were fired for me, you know, in my opinion. So I apologized to her at first. And then I just, I, I told her what happened, to the best of my knowledge. And I told, you know, I just, I didn't get to really say much after that. There wasn't much else to say. Hey, what's happening, y'all? Some people call me Till, but this is about another kind of Till that can help our mothers, our sisters, our brothers, and our fathers help get the perpetrators who commit crimes against them off the streets. All you got to do is call Crime Stoppers Atlanta. Tips can be anonymous, and there's even a reward. The number to Crime Stoppers Atlanta is 404-577-8477. That's 404-577-TIL. Channel 2, community coverage, you can count. Yep, you know what it is, the People's Choice DJ MD, and I got a special guest hanging out with me today, the homie T.I. What's up, what's up, champ? How's everything with you, homie? Cool. Well, first of all, welcome home. Thank you. We, we, we definitely missed you. We missed the music. Man, I missed you out, too. <laughs> we definitely missed the, uh, we missed the, the way that you are. Like, we always, 
failed to pause when, whenever it's an award show or video. Like, we miss that that arrogant swag that, that we love, man. <laughs> I appreciate that. Now, now, when you were locked down, you actually, um, when you came back out, you uh, came to one of my clubs. Okay. And um, you grabbed the mic and you, and you told people that I got a lot of letters from Harlem. You got a lot of letters from Queens and Brooklyn. Like, yeah. did you get a lot of love from New York City? I did. I got a lot of love from New York, Jersey, Connecticut, Philly. I got a lot of love from everybody. Uh, you know, I mean, it was, I got stacks and stacks. I got like 50, 50 boxes. Right. Now, were you able to write some of those people back or? Man, you know what I'm going to do, man? I'm just going to, I'm going I'm, I'm to take all the letters mm -hmm. and, and read and, and take the addresses and put them on different envelopes mm -hmm. and write one letter. Everybody <laughs> signed it myself. Right, right, right. But it's gonna take me about a year to get the air. It was man, it's like I had got to be like twenty, thirty thousand letters. Right. Yeah, I had got like maybe fifty letters a day for eight months. Wow. Now what was now how was it being locked up in prison? I mean were you in general population? How was yeah. it with, with the other inmates? With, with, yeah, with I was in general population. Like, how was it? I mean, man, I, I I went in there with the mindset of, man, you know, I'm just going in here to do mine like everybody else here to do theirs. Mm -hmm. I didn't expect no special treatment. I didn't I didn't have no chips on my shoulder. Mm -hmm. I was received well, you know what I'm saying? I, respect their, I respected everybody and everybody respected me. Right. I ain't never had no problems, you know. I mean, you had officers that wanted to be assholes for certain, at certain times for certain reasons. Right, right. But you know, I ain't had no 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 uh no problem with no other inmate. Bro. Right, right. Now when you got out, what was the the first thing that you, that you did when you got out? Hmm. Sorry for tiny that day. What was the first thing that you did? I mean, yeah, you know, you feel sorry for every day then. You know? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, man, I, 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 you know, I did what a man does. Okay. Well, what's the what's the first thing you bought when you got out? Bought. You went, uh, I know you're a car guy. I know you're a jewelry guy. I know you're a clothes guy. In value. I didn't buy no jewelry, did I? But did I? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I had some jewelry waiting on me, but I, I think the first thing I bought, I think the first thing I bought was was a car for Smeagol. Okay. What kind of car was that? A Panamera. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, old Porsche. Then you bought yourself a Ferrari. Well, actually, I bought the Maybach first. Okay, the Maybach first. All right, I'm going. I'm out of order. Then, then was it the Ferrari? Then it was the jewelry. Then it was the Ferrari. Yeah. Okay. Now, now, you did it. We're talking to T.I. You did an interview with Larry King. Yeah. And uh, Larry King named off the guns that you had. Mm-hmm. You had a lot of artillery. I did. You had a lot of <laughs> artillery. Now, now when, you, when, you hear, when you hear him naming off those weapons, was, was it anything like, he was like, damn, I had that much? Nah, I was well aware. Yeah? I was, <laughs> I, I was well aware. Now, he also asked a question that was kind of left field. Which was? When he said something about did you did you ever hit your wife or it hit oh, your girl? Man. Where did that come from? I know he. I think he was talking about Chris Brown at one time. I think he was talking about Chris Brown during that period. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, asked me if I knew Chris. We were talking about my movie. Mm -hmm. I said, mentioned Chris was in the movie. He asked me if I knew Chris. He asked me what I thought about the situation. He asked me if I was violent. And, you know, it went from there. Yeah. You think that was disrespectful? Man, I mean, I think you want to see. 
if you was gonna get upset and get angry yeah, with him. Yeah, absolutely. When this when this incident happened, uh huh, and you were arrested, you know, the first thing that people they counted you out. Sure. And they thought that you know you were gone. People were talking, and it yeah. was it was definitely a, a crazy incident. And then when it came to the realization that you weren't going to get life in prison, right? Those people changed stories. Sure. Now, how do you deal with the industry and deal with some of those people that you know at one time you know thought it was over and, and turned? I mean, I, I mean, I, they, 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 they don't matter to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, to be per perfectly honest, I, I, I have no feelings about it. Mm -hmm. it. It doesn't affect me one way or the next. Right. Uh, I really don't care. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, they're not important enough to me for me to care. Right. So I just keep it moving. I do my thing. As long as the people who. You know, as long as the people who on my side, in my corner, stay in my corner, and I'm cool, I'm straight. Right. Everybody else, man, you know, you know they jump off a bridge tomorrow, I won't lose no sleep. You a rat. A rat, bro. You're a rat. R-A-T. A rat. You don't get no respect at all. No level. <laughs>
Loaded. If there is a street code, right? If there is a street code and there's something so so-called is loyalty and everything and no snitching and all of that, I get it, right? But where was the loyalty when you was sleeping with my baby mother? Where was the loyalty when you was caught on the wiretap trying to kill me? Where was the loyalty when you tried to kidnap my mother? Where was the loyalty when you were stealing millions of dollars from me? Where was that? So who broke it first? All right, I get it. Don't fight fire or fire. I'm sorry. But what did I do wrong? Be loyal to niggas that's fucking my baby moms? Be loyal to niggas that kidnap me? Beat the shit out of me? Video and everything? I'm supposed to be loyal to that. No, you know what? You know what it is? Y'all don't want to accept the fact that those is all true facts. Y'all don't want to accept. Y'all understand why I snitch. Y'all understand. Y'all don't want to understand. It's not that y'all don't understand. Y'all don't want to understand. Y'all don't want to understand that. Damn, this kid really was a, a he he moved their families out of poverty. He he paid for school for, 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 for all of the members, whatever. But he snitched on them. Why? Were they loyal to me? Cause I when when I met when I met son, he was sleeping on the rug. I I, I give him your look. Listen, I'm a rainbow Mexican here kid. I rap. I'm not about that gang shit. But listen, I know how to get us out. You wasn't loyal to me. Whether whether, but y'all understand. Let's let let's y'all understand. And I know you understand. Y'all don't want to understand. All right, let me tell you. Before I got locked up, right? Before I got locked up. Fuck that rainbow hair nigga. Fuck, fuck Takashi Snow. Fuck him. Fuck that rainbow hair kid. Fuck him. Fuck that rainbow hair kid. Y'all didn't really have a reason to dislike me just because I screamed and raps and I got rainbow hair. That was y'all reason, right? Or oh, he's mad, loud. That was y'all reason. But then now y'all got a reason. So of course the go-to is oh he snitched. He's a rat. He's a rat. So that's y'all go-to, which I understand and I don't blame y'all. I can't blame you. Listen, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to my fans because they don't deserve that. My, my, my family, my mother, my family don't deserve that. And I'm sorry. But y'all not going to break me down like if I did something wrong. Listen, I snitched. I ratted. But who was I supposed to be loyal to? If you can't be loyal to me out here in the free world and you fucking my baby mom. And while I'm out on tour making money for all of us, you back at home. Sleep my baby mom, then I get kidnapped, then you try to kill me? If you can't be loyal to me out here in the free world, what would you think if I would have held it down, you wouldn't violate me in the prison? Stab me up, poke me up in my neck. What? I'm not going to lose my life over, over, over no hater, over no, yo, you did the wrong, nah. 6 9 has taken snitching and turned it into a weird comeback story. But surprisingly, he's not the first rapper that's been caught snitching. In 2009, Drake had been enjoying early success in the hip-hop industry. But despite all the success, it was a robbery that nearly took his life. Drake had been dining at a restaurant in his hometown of Toronto with a woman named Chantel Brown. After leaving the restaurant, the two walked toward Drake's SUV, and as they were entering the car, two men approached the car, pointing handguns at the rapper. They demanded Drake hand over his jewelry and cash. In his possession was $2,000 cash, gold and diamond necklace, 
a $7,000 watch. And the robbery wasn't without a witness. As the thieves took Drake's valuables, Nicholas Carino was exiting a nearby restaurant and he yelled at the armed men. Already bearing Drake's valuables, the thieves ran off in a getaway car and they dashed off. The car was stopped by police shortly afterwards for going the wrong way on a one-way street. Two men in the car attempted to run on foot. One was caught along with the driver. However, third was able to make good on his escape. Surprisingly, the two men that were arrested by police eventually had the charges of armed robbery and possession of stolen property dropped, pleading guilty to only conspiracy to commit robbery, and they served less than six months in jail. While the men were going through the legal system, Drake cooperated with authorities, but he wasn't exactly forthcoming in his cooperation. When the news made headlines, Drake was called a snitch by another Toronto-based rapper, which may have influenced him to not cooperate as much as he could have. Drake would later state that the robbery was a setup since they knew where he'd be, telling the Rolling Stones, I knew it was a setup because I had on a sweater and a jacket. But when they banged on the car window with the gun and opened the door, first thing he said was, yo, run that chain. They didn't rob my date, and her purse was sitting right there. So I was like, okay, yup. You set the whole thing up. Of all the rap feuds between rival rappers, none have lasted as long as Ja Rule versus 50 Cent. First starting out about 20 years ago, it seemed their mutual hate for one another is reignited once again this summer. After finishing a concert in Saudi Arabia, 50 Cent took the social media to troll Ja Rule for a video that had been posted of him and Herb Gotti fighting to get into a club. As it turns out, Ja Rule took it as a huge offense, and he attempted revenge by posting an Instagram post alluding to 50 Cent. The multiple slide post first featured a rat inside of a shower humming, while the next slide featured a document from the Jimmy Henchman murder case that showed 50 to be an informant. Ja Rule's caption was, Curtis, is that you? Of all people, you know what it feel like to get your ass whooped by me. Scared for your life. Oh, I know this paperwork is fake too, LMAO. I challenge any blog, any news outlet, see if those officers on this paperwork exist. Find them, interview them. 50, you pee sitting down. 50 later responded to the allegations saying, my character. They tried to attack my character. They'll say he a rat or he this and that. All you gotta do is ask him who I told on. I ain't never told on no one in my life. In the situation, look at his case. It'll tell you who told on him. My name ain't in that case. You see what I'm saying? They tried to use that. I needed an order of protection. But why I feel like I'm the bully out here then? You needed protection. And your protection gone. That's the truth. Dude who try to put a spin on anything to make it look good. And then when you get in disputes with younger artists, they don't know what to use against you. So they use what someone else used. They go back to, oh, you this. Now, falsified documents or not, it likely doesn't help 50's case that his adopted son, 6ix9ine, is now the center of a snitch gay scandal. Having led a successful career, Rick Ross found his career in jeopardy when a photo of a man who looked like Ross in a corrections uniform surfaced on the internet in 2008. The photo surfaced on a popular public information site called The Smoking Gun that uploads documents and mugshots on celebrity arrests. Ross initially denied the claims, saying it was simply a doppelganger until he finally admitted to it. The controversy had been so great that Rick Ross decided to address it in his 2008 song, Rich's Gangster, where he rapped, Feds to apart the squad. That's what I had to do to play the part. That wasn't me. It was the job. It gets deeper. That was just a start. In the years since, Rick Ross has come to terms with his time employed as the very thing he's against. In an MTV interview, Ross explained the song lyrics along with his time as a CEO, saying, that particular line most definitely referred to me being a CEO and that being a job and just understanding the grind and the hustle and anything else I may have done. It's just a job. It's a hustle. I wouldn't change nothing. Because to me, it's about who Rose is. It's about me. Anywhere I go, when I step in the room, I put it down. People know it's authentic right there. They know it's real. So it's nothing that I was personally threatened with. I was just ready to move on. Let's go get this money. Let's make this music. Right now, to feed my family, I'd do it again. To feed my kids, I'd go get it. My whole team's gonna get it. We gonna win. That's with everything we ever did. I've been winning. Much of the conspiracy theories that surround the mysterious murders of both Tupac and Biggie were actually instigated by Snoop Dogg's claims of the assailant being Death Row Records leader, Suge Knight. These claims came out 
After a 1998 police report surfaced, Snoop was attacked by men who recognized him to be a part of Death Row Records, who he had just recently separated from. Snoop, alongside some of his friends, ran off from the five men who attempted to assault him. The deputies posted outside a backstage area. The deputies quickly searched Snoop. They found marijuana, which led to his arrest. The report read of Snoop's arrest saying, Mr. Broadus was extremely cooperative during the incident, and in fact, said that he had been thankful that the deputies had been there, as he felt the assault was intended as an act of intimidation. He told me that he felt he was in grave danger as a result of leaving Death Row Records and signing with his new label, No Limits. Now bear in mind, this had been just a year since the death of Biggie, two years since Tupac's, which for his time had dominated news reporting for months. Having had a close relationship with Tupac, Snoop knew more than most about who was responsible. Snoop took his arrest as an opportunity to come clean about who he felt killed Tupac. The report later read, Mr. Broadus also said that he felt Mr. Arnaud was in danger as he was still under contract to Death Row Records. During the discussion, I said that I knew who killed Tupac Shakur. Mr. Broadus responded by saying, it was the man sitting next to Tupac. I asked if he meant Suge Knight, and he replied affirmatively. In spite of his testimony, prosecutors never even so much as investigated Knight for the incident. As for Snoop, some people look at this as snitching, as he implicated Suge Knight in the killing of Tupac Shakur. Now, while it hadn't been Takashi's first run-in with the police, his guilty plea in 2019 for conspiracy to commit murder, along with firearms charges, will forever be his most memorable. The charges date back to a year prior to his plea, when he was first arrested, along with other nine-trade gangsters, and included his manager, Shadi Jordan. It seemed that Takashi had, at least in part, been aware of the possibility of an investigation, considering just a few months prior to his arrest, he said in an interview, there's only one thing I fear in life, or two things. I fear God, and I fear the FBI. Upon his incarceration, Takashi's housing in the Metropolitan Detention Center in Brooklyn caused immediate issues. For one, Takashi had enemies by virtue of his gang affiliation. The Nine Trey gang that Takashi had been a part of had been a sect group of the Bloods, an emphasis enemy of the Crips. Not long after being relocated, Takashi pleaded guilty to the nine charges and was now facing a mandatory sentence of 47 years in prison. It seemed to be the likely fate of Takashi upon the announcement of his sentencing, which was to take place in late January of 2020. However, a document was revealed in February 2019 that affirmed that Takashi had provided legal testimony that led to the aid of investigations regarding his fellow Trade 9 members and a reduced sentence would be considered. Rumors of Takashi snitching proved true in December 2019 when a judge took on Takashi's case early to sentence him to two years in prison. In the wake of his sentencing, Takashi was publicly crucified on almost all fronts in the rap community. The most recent development just occurred in March, where it was announced by a judge that Takashi would be released from prison and on house arrest. Takashi came back, dropped his song, he's breaking records, and it seems like fans just uh, don't really care. Hey, yo, dog. if you don't click on this video on the screen, I will snitch on you. I will tell your mom, I will tell your dad, I will tell your granny and your auntie. Oh, my 
What's going on, Chanel? Fucking bitch. What happened, Chanel? Fuck them. Y'all think you're the shit. Happened. That's why you security. You'll never get more than security. We got bitch. Security loves. Security loves to hold out whoever the fuck they can. Cause they insecure about their own life. Wish you could be a little white girl rapping, bitch. You wish you could spit bars like you wish you could be a Based on what yeah. you've just said here, yeah. it sounds to me you got precisely the reaction you wanted by wearing that hat. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't you want a reaction. You wanted a reaction. No. You yeah. knew there was going to be a reaction. I knew there was going to be a reaction, but I'm just living my life day by day, doing what I feel and what the spirit calls upon me to do. But it also but you opens you up this dialogue people. that you're not apologizing because everybody else, when they make a statement like that, they end up apologizing because they're so worried about what people say on social media. Well, you know why? You know why when I went to visit them the first time, um, I, I right I, after the election. Yeah, and I, I took the tweets yeah, yeah. down and everything. Yeah. Because I was drugged the fuck out, bro. I was drugged out. I was on opioids. Two days after I got off of opioids, and I was addicted to opioids, two days I got off of opioids, I'm, I'm in the hospital, right? I'm taking two, hey, everyone listen to this, please. Two days before I was in the hospital, I was on opioids. I was addicted to opioids. I had plastic surgery because I was trying to look good for y'all. I got liposuction. Because I didn't want y'all to call me fat like y'all called Rob at the wedding and made him fly home before me and Kim got married. I didn't want y'all to call me fat, so I got liposuction, right? And they gave me opioids, right? And I started taking two of them and then driving to work on the opioids, right? Then my boy, and I'd always ask my boy, uh, you know, to, to hand me if it's, uh, you know, we on tour, give me some weed, blah, blah, blah. So he had to go give me the opioids. And there was talks amongst my camp, like, Ye's popping, Ye's popping pills, right? So when he handed to me, this to me, he said, you know this is used to kill genius, right? So I didn't take it. Two days later, I'm in the hospital. I was taking two pills a day at that time. When I left the hospital, how many pills you think I was given? Seven. I went from taking two pills to taking seven. So the reason why I denounced, why I dropped those tweets and everything, because I was drugged the fuck out, bro. And I'm not drugged out. This, these pills that they want me to take three of a day, I take one a week, maybe two a week. Y'all had me scared of myself, of my vision. So I took some pills so I wouldn't go to hospital and prove everyone right. We are drugged out. We are following other people's opinions. We are controlled by the media. And today it all changes. You got Tupac and Lennon in that hallway. Today it all changes. We need to think how to think free. 
We need to be free thinkers. Then we need to learn how to feel free. People say feel free, but we don't even know how to feel free or think free. Say what you feel, positive or negative. I just got off the phone with J. Cole. He said, how do you feel when they said the Crips is going to uh, kill you? I said, man, that was the headline. But when they said um, they wanted to beat me up, I said, that's great. They're my brothers. They love me. They don't want nothing to happen to you. They just want to be some sense to me. I love Daz. I love the Crips. I love the Bloods. I love everyone. How many people are feeling, how many people felt something that I said today? Raise a hand if you felt something that I said today. Do you feel that I'm feeling, do, do you feel that I'm being free and I'm thinking free? Yes. Do, do, I actually don't think you're thinking anything. I think what you're doing right now is actually the absence of thought. And the reason why I feel like that, because Kanye, you're entitled to your opinion. You're entitled to believe whatever you want. But there is fact and real world, real life consequence behind everything that you just said. And while you are making music and being an artist and living the life that you've earned by being a genius, the rest of us in society have to deal with these threats to our lives. We have to deal with the marginalization that has come from the 400 years of slavery that you said for our people was a choice. Every day we have to walk into that truth while you choose to say things that, to be honest with you, dog, are nonsensical. You want to think freely? That's fine. I'll combat your free thought with my free thought because mine is grounded in a reality that I have been giving and a reality that I'm going to change, but I'm not going to do it by pretending that the enemies are on the same team as me. And frankly, I'm disappointed, I'm appalled, and brother, I am unbelievably hurt by the fact that you have morphed into something, to me, that's not real. That's the way I feel. Stand on all the coffee tables you wanna stand on, say whatever you wanna say, but don't throw a stone, then hide your hand like the rest of us are just gonna swallow it. Yay, be yay. I'm off it forever. Do you. But remember, the life that I live is as a real person, an actual person. Now, the thing is, he said some. Uh, he said grounded in reality. This reality has been forced upon us. It is a choice. Just like when I said slavery is a choice. The reality, we can make our own reality. We can talk about history, but not too long. We need to talk about our now because we can fix and start loving each other now. When I say we have no enemies, we don't have enemies. Black people have a tendency to focus and march when a white person kills a black person or wears a hat. But when it's 700 kids being killed in Chicago, it's okay. It's okay for blacks to kill blacks, but if it's a white uh, thing, there's been more focus and more marches about whites killing blacks than kids in Chicago killing each other. That's a lie. There are black people working. There there are no marches. 90% of black people getting killed are killed by other blacks.
is a fact. But there is no. That is a fact. Black but there, black crime is a fact. But there are black people. Okay. Wait a second. Now this is a problem. We have to. You're you're too far. You have to be closer to me. I'm I'm here right now. There are black people working every single day. Don't scream because it will make us look. Yeah. Crazy. I don't care. We look in front of this. You talk as a boy. No, no. When you when you scream, when you scream and you don't talk, it doesn't look. Right. Let, let, let me just say something. Let me point this upon you. This is a perfect example of what I'm yeah. talking about because these are two different versions of yeah. somebody else's truth. This is two different versions of somebody else's truth. So he gets up and he's talking slavery, right? Okay. I don't. I'm not enslaved, so that it's like I I don't mean to insult his reality. No, Kanye, come on over. I don't. Mean I just want to give him a hug. Let's finish well, the conversation. Kanye, you got well, well, Kanye I love you and I want to give you a hug. I feel like you want to fight me right now, but I love you. I don't I don't fight with my fist, man. I've been through that. This is what I'm saying. So if I come over there, you're not gonna fight me? No, I'm not gonna hit Kanye West and TMZ. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, you gotta be responsible, man. Bro, I'm sorry you I gotta, hurt you. You gotta be responsible, though. I'm sorry I nah, hurt you, man, bro. bro. Your voice is too big. You gotta I'm be sorry I hurt you, bro. bro. I love you, bro. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry I hurt you with my words, yeah, bro. bro. I you love you, bro. Bro, you gotta I, be responsible. I didn't mean bro. I didn't mean to say things that hurt you. I didn't mean to wear the hat out the blue and shock so many people and not give them a way out of the pain. I understand that that gave him pain, that made him see pain. But guess what? When I went into the hospital. We're now in the hospital. TMZ is the hospital to fix the world. We, uh, Obama was our opioids. It made us feel like everything yeah, yeah, was that's good. That's not true, bro. Yeah. That's not true. Listen, first yeah. of all, calm. What, what's, your, what's your name, though? I'm Van. I'm, and I'm, I'm sorry for, for disappointing you, Van. Yeah, listen. Yeah. Calmly. Yeah. What you said up there a second ago, yeah. the statistic on black-on-black black violence is true. What they don't tell you is there are people dedicating their lives to working throughout the problems of black people. There are black people every day, boots on the ground. They're all over the place that are working towards this. Like every single day, people are trying to fix this problem. The narrative that black people don't care about black lives until a white person takes them is false. That is not true. But the problem is the people that are doing this work in communities every day, guys all over the place, they don't get the type of reverence, they don't get the type of shine, they don't get the type of light spot, spotted on them, the spotlight, should I say, that other people do. Those people are the ones that need to be empowered, the people that can help Chicago, that can help South Baton Rouge, that can help those places, that are working there every day. They doing it and they dedicating their lives to it. But they don't get big up by rappers, they don't get invited to things, they do it for nothing because they have to. So what I'm trying to say is while we having all of these conversations about stuff that gets covered on the news, Who's gonna talk about what doesn't get covered on the news? Like to me, for, for me, for a lot of years, the dude that inspired me to be more than what I was in Baton Rouge, that was you. Ask everybody in this room for years, ask everybody in here, how many times we've had a Kanye West story and I've stood there the only person to defend Kanye West because what you meant to me. And then after that, you slapped me in my fucking face by getting next to people who mean me harm. And who are not, who are, who don't even care about the fact, about being honest about the fact that they mean me harm. I, I think that we have to get next to everyone. We don't like Trump. We have to talk to them. We have to talk. We have to talk because Trump is a human being also, and he's in a very powerful position, and he's doing a lot of things to actually help 
business owners be able to go past all these fake laws and rules and they, I mean, Candace can give you the facts better, better than that, but we need to speak to people. Uh, Einstein says the definite of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. So we keep on saying, I hate you, I hate you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. How are we gonna get a different result out of hate? Why don't we just try love? Why don't we just try love? Why can't it be okay for an influential rapper in the black community to go up to the president and talk to him about how we can make a change one by one by one? We have the resources for a peaceful world. Uh, uh, I, I believe that Kim Jong-un didn't believe that Obama was crazy enough to come at him. You know, sometimes you need some crazy motherfuckers to change something. Steve Jobs is crazy. Now we all on Steve Jobs' phones. They say Trump's crazy. They say I'm crazy. But I'm here to show love. And we're going to make it through. I know I disappointed you today, brother. And I know I disappointed the black community when I wore the hat. And I'm sorry for disappointing you. But like I just told J. Cole on the phone right now, it's a bigger plan. And I'm just doing what the universe told me. talk about today we're going to start with something that happened this morning um it seemed out of the blue dr dre's wife uh of more than two decades filed for divorce today yeah uh nicole young and dre have been together since 96 uh but she has now filed for divorce citing irreconcilable differences uh and the real headline here uh we are told by our sources there is no prenup uh and that is, you know, you know that Dre actually, when they made the, the Beats deal with Apple, uh, he was briefly, they said he was a billionaire, and then they recalibrated that, and um, he's just under a billion. But uh, I think Forbes at last... I think it was 800 million. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously there's a lot to divide up. In terms of kids, they have adult kids, so there won't be any child support. Um, by the way, she's a lawyer. Uh, I did not know that either until uh, we till we broke this. I was looking that up. I had no idea. She's an attorney um, asking for uh, spousal support. Uh, and as you said, Charles, I mean, obviously the big thing, they are, you know, cra they are crazy rich. And yeah. I uh, mean, they will be dividing up a lot of assets. A lot of Apple stock. A lot of stock there, like you guys said. Obviously, this was something out of the blue. I think more and more we kind of see this. The kids grow up. They move out of the house. Couples maybe feel that... That was something keeping them together. Obviously, we'll see if there was something more here, but it could just be a thing of growing apart. And I mean, at the very least, Dr. Dre's been able to stay busy. I know last week Kanye mentioned that the two of them have been working on uh, Jesus is King Part 2, so he teased that. Yeah, I mean, look, Dre's got, uh, I mean, his his empire now goes well beyond just the music, um, but uh, there will be Plenty to, plenty to go around. Let's, let's just leave it at that, right? Yeah, no doubt. My name is Connie. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. And I just think that Dr. Dre's wife is well within her rights to ask for spousal support. He's worth $800 million. I, I think that she's well within her rights. Yeah, and they've been together a long time. Yeah, they've been together a long time. And again, these are things that people ask for. Um, there's so much money here. What will almost certainly happen is they will settle this, um, figure out some money distribution. There may or may not be spousal support because there's so much money on the line. Could be uh, one lump this, sum, you mean? Say again? Could be just one lump sum, you think? Well, this lump sum is going to be 
like Mount Everest. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. Now, what time is it? What time is it like? First of all, let's talk about music. Now, back then, like these that I can remember, I basically was coming up in a time of music, R&B, rap. At that time, when I was like, you know, a teenager, a child, music. Then, that I can remember, if you if you are a millennial, that you know full well what the hell I am talking about. Music, far as R&B. R&B and soul, because rap, singing, R&B is all the same. You're singing. You're talking. At a particular time, R&B was more based on relationship, more based on love, more relatable. Same thing with rap. Rap is a, is a genre of music that you're basically talking with a beat behind you that you have something to say within something to say is poetry is poetry within something to say is teaching you and also telling a story now the industry of music today is is it's upside down it's is bs it's bullshit. Excuse my language. It's bullshit. Rap now is that I can say it's for the, the, the kids. It's music choice for the children. It, rap today don't make no sense today. There's no R&B no more. It's strictly rap. And rap nowadays is basically these these young artists is basically using auto tunes and singing. Now they got this mumble rap. Now they got this lean. I think this <laughs> these dudes is hooked on lean and gas. Rap don't make no sense anymore. <clears throat> the industry of music does not make any sense no more. It's not inter It's not interesting no more. By a show of hands, people will say, I like to hear the old, uh, uh, let's see, the old, uh, let's see, the old Jay-Z, the old Kanye West, the old Beyonce, the old Destiny Child, the old uh, 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 Wu-Tang, whatever. People like, people that, I mean, I'm starting like to hear the old stuff. This new stuff is like, but rap nowadays is, is, is like these these. New artists don't don't they it's if there's no one taking these these artists underneath their wing anymore. Nowadays, how to get famous is basically start a you start a YouTube account, start an Instagram, start a Snapchat, uh, start a Facebook, start a Twitter. That's it. But 20 years ago, 15 years ago, you have to wait in line to basically get on stage. To Apollo or, or American Idol. Not no more. It's just called get on your iPhone. Get on your Android. And start doing something. That's how you get famous. 
There's no more sending in your demo. There's no more sending in your demo anymore. No. The demo and the audition is, is social media. Everything has changed. In the benefit of good and benefit of bad. But in benefit of when you try to be a, a movie director or, or make like make videos, you can do it all on your iPhone. You can do it all on your cell phone. That's how easy the, mu the, the movie industry has changed. There's no more Steven Spielberg no more. There's no more James Cameron no more. Hell, there's no more directors like Spike Lee anymore. Not no more. It's called technology. But first off, let's talk about these rappers. Now understand, like I said, the music industry, people don't understand the music. I did, at a particular time, I did not understand the business of the industry distribution of music. But see, as an artist, I was in that exact same shoes. I was in that exact same shoes. I was in that exact same shoes, want to be on stage, want to be famous, want to be great, want to be a celebrity, but you don't see the bigger picture when it comes to the industry of music. You have artists now. Now, I'm talking about 6ix9ine. I'm talking about 21 Savage. I'm talking about uh, Little Baby. I'm talking about The Baby. I'm talking about Money money in the Bag. These artists, these rappers, they, they, they had the exact, they had the exact same same idea like when I was rapping in a group called Unknown Soldiers. Had the exact same idea, want to make it out, want to make it out the hood, got something to say. But in the direction that these, these artists and these rappers today, they're not even guided right. Nobody's not taking them underneath their wing. They wing, they just, they do like this, like a parent. Nowadays, I have you, I have five of y'all, get out, I, I popped you out, do what you want to do. But, the industry of music now that you as these artists, these uncoming artists, now nowadays that I see the the uh, the, uh, uh, the unsigned the unsigned artists, underground artists is put in the way these mainstream dudes that want to be get want to get a deal, want to get a record deal. That's not no more because as the underground artist, you got more control. Nobody's not dictating to you. You got more control of your material and your property of your music. See, people don't understand the industry of music like I do. Because, first of all, if you if you hear or see a Nicki Minaj or a Beyonce or a Kanye West, any artist in the mainstream of the uh, national, uh, in the business of, like, Capital One Records or, or Interscope or, or L.A. Reid or, or whatever major label, Grand Hustle, do you think you own anything as an artist? No. They own they they own your property of music. You just the face, you just something that that basically uh uh bring people in. That's it. But they own you. You are their bitch. Now understand something. Now this whole this is what I'm saying it's like kid like I I agree what Snoop Dogg said. Snoop Dogg said it's like these dudes playing gangsters like robots, which is true. Now, six, now six nine. First of all, I understand. I understand why did you do it. I understand why did you snitch. I understand. I understand why you felt in your heart that these dudes that you know supposed to be your homies, your niggas, 
your dogs. They betrayed you. They hurt you. So you felt like since they did that, I'm going to do this. But, 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 snitching, you get stitches. You get stitches. I know of a time that I came up. I'm 32 years old. I came up in a time. This is what I go by. I don't see nothing. I don't hear nothing. I don't see nothing. I do not hear nothing. I see nothing. I do not hear nothing. That's it. But you got to understand that you can't trust nobody like Tupac said. Look what happened to Tupac. That was Tupac's fault. After the fact that his best friend Biggie Smalls, Notorious B.I.G., Christopher Wallace said, Pac, I don't think you should be rolling with them dudes. Who the hell is them dudes, Pac? And what Tupac say? They all right? Uh-uh. You can't trust nobody. So I understand Takashi 69 said, well, since y'all did me like that, since I'm in this game that, that's basically supposed to get the money, and y'all gonna do me like that, oh, I got, I got something for you. But that was your own Decision, 6-9. You got to realize you can't trust these niggas out here. You can't trust these hoes out here nowadays. You can't trust these niggas out here, 6-9. You can't trust these niggas. I can't trust these niggas. I keep my circle small. You got to keep your circle small. Well, who in it? You, yourself, and I. That's it. You, yourself, and I. That's you. Meet myself and I. All that. Now understand your baby mama. I never seen her. Well these niggas don't care. They see what they like. They gonna try to take it. But you have to do something wrong. For her to do that. You on the road. She's at home. Or she don't like your behavior. Six nine. But see. I'm telling you. I experience betrayal. I experienced a stab in the back. But guess what? Guess what? I keep my circle, my square, small. With just me, my new bae, that's it. I don't need a bunch of niggas around me. I don't need a bunch of niggas around me. No. Trust nobody. Trust Nobody. So understand six nine. I understand why you. I understand why you did what you did. It's called you did that to me. I'm gonna do that to you. Two wrongs don't make it right. First of all, if you knew or find out that your baby mama was dealing with the homies, you should have canceled her. You should have canceled her like a check, like a bounce check. You should have canceled. And went on about your business and keep your circle small. Pay off, you need to pay off. Like, look, here, this is the money. I owe y'all. I'm out. I'm done with you niggas. Bye. But you didn't do it. A snitch is a snitch. And now you got some dangling over your head. Now, this whole thing of these celebrities. T.I. T.I. Tip. From the South. From the South. T.I. Now, T.I., you know, people call him a snitch. Because of what happened a long time ago. And he was he did a little commercial 
about uh, Crime Stoppers. And he's been accused of being a snitch. I don't know the full story. I just know that that what I how I've been taught. I've been taught, haven't been told is by taught myself like this. I don't see nothing. I don't hear nothing. That's it. I like Ti's music. I ain't gonna lie. I like Ti's music. You don't know me. I like that. I like his music. I grew up listening to Ti. I was in high school. I was in high school when Ti came out. Hey, let's get away. You know. You know, Ti. He's a father. And people don't like T.I. because of that reason. I don't, I never, I don't, I didn't pay, I don't listen to, I, I seen a, the brother named 21 Savage, you know. I didn't hear his music. But the point is, a snitch is a snitch. That's it. Now, this whole thing of Will Smith and Jada Pickett and August Zalcina. Now I like August Alcina. I like August Alcina's music. I like August Alcina's music because we got the exact same similar past. We got the exact same similar what we went through. The exact same. What's different because I'm from Ohio. I'm from Cleveland. And he from um, New Orleans. New, uh, he from the South. New Orleans or, or Louisiana. Somewhere down in the South somewhere. With, with Bebe and them and Shorty and them. Anyways. August Alcina had a relationship with uh, Jada Pickett-Smith. Will Smith agreed. Now, I go by saying is whatever goes on in a man's house, that's his business. To me, I cannot go along with this love-swinger triangle. No, I can't. Me, I am a man, I believe that I suppose I'm meant to be with just one woman. That's it. Only one. One-on-one. -on -one. one. Not two. Not three. I don't need to be over there somewhere next door at Susie's house. And I got Bay here. I don't need... Uh -uh. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm not into the threesome thing. No, hell no. I'm not into this polygamy. I'm not into swingers. No. I'm not into that stuff. I'm a type of guy that wants one sweet lady to be my forever lady. One, that's it. I don't need some other fool coming in here pleasing my woman. I, I don't need it. Nope. Because that lets me know as a man that I want to do this over here. And let you know, like, woman, this is what I want to do. Do you accept this? I can't do it. Now, I can't do it. I cannot do it. I am a one-woman man, sir. Ma'am. To me, that's freakish. To have everybody doing a Cisco. Somebody messing with my head. Sleeping in my bed. More than one person. I cannot do it. I can't. Anchor FM, I can't. I can't. I'm not into that stuff. I'm not into poly uh, polygamy. I don't care what Muslim fool got to say. I'm, I can't do it. I can't do it.
Now, Nicki Minaj and, and uh, uh, Little Kim. First of all, Nicki Minaj, I, I, I like your music too. I think you're fine. I think you're fine. I think you're nice looking, whatever. I think you're nice looking. But, Little Kim paid the way for you. Period. Little Kim paid the way for you. Foxy Brown paid the way for you. Queen Latifah paid the way for you. Um, who else? Uh, what, what's, what's some other artists out there that paid the way? Lady Ray, she paid the way, paid the way for you. MC Light, she paid the way for you. I, I understand your analogy, but you gotta accept it. But what is wrong with us millennials that we, 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 we got like, well, I don't respect nobody but myself. What's, what is wrong with us, though? It's called respect. I understand you are analogy. Lisa Ray says something. Okay, so what? But they paid the way. Eventually, you got to pass the torch yourself. Like Beyonce and Mariah Carey and, and, and Mary J. Blige and whoever else came before you in the entertainment business. You got to realize that. You got to realize that. Now these celebrities, y'all kill me. Y'all celebrities think y'all think y'all can, y'all got y'all got money. Y'all think can do what y'all want to do. You can you think you think no 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 no. What what makes you different from me is you got money. You got nice houses. You got nice cars. You got money. And I realized being a celebrity is 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 you start hating being a celebrity because you can't do can't walk outside without some damn fool wanna. Bear hug you and, and touch you. And you got... Uh, it's ridiculous. 50 Cent and Ja Rule. I don't even understand why 50 Cent and Ja Rule is, is beefing. What is the beef about? Something that happened 20 years ago. And they still don't like each other. 50 Cent, I don't like, 50 Cent like, I don't like that nigga. And Ja Rule said, I don't give a damn about that nigga. What is going on with these celebrities? 50 Cent throwing a chair at some fool. Where is security? You want to see 50, 50 Cent doing this? Clickety clank, clickety clank. What is. Bruh, that would not be me. <laughs> I would take my lady that you got some nice looking woman on your hip. I would take my lady somewhere else. Because 50 Cent, you are a rich man. You are a wealthy man. You got a nice looking woman. And you like what? 40 something? See, what's going on is, I think that, that, that the universe is trying to talk to 50 Cent like, Hey, look, 50, you need to make amends with your brother named Ja Rule. Hell no, I ain't doing that to that nigga. Fuck no. <laughs> That's what all this stuff, these, these, these negative entities is coming at 50. You got to make amends with your brother. 50, 50 Cent like, I ain't making amends with that nigga, please. Sometimes you got to, sometimes you got to make amends with your brother sometimes. Over some what? I know it's something over something small. I know it is. I know it. I never even... The, the day 50 Cent came out, blew everybody out the water. And there's a little rumor that he don't like Ja Rule. I never like, why he don't like the man? What's going I never understand that in the year 2002, 2003, when 50 Cent came out with that album called Get Rich, Die Trying. I don't understand that. Why are they beefing? What is the problem? For 20 years. What is going on? 
Because like the industry of music is called behind the music. What is going on? What is going on? Rappers are basically I think I think rappers are a joke. Rappers are basically like, you know, basically putting out deaf music. Rick Ross was we, we all know Rick Ross was a security guard. We all know he was he was a he was he's working in a prison, the big house, and now he all like Whoa. Are you serious? You gotta play a character. I understand Bone Thugs and Harmony said it's always something you gotta give up to get everything you want. I understand that. But disregard that these celebrities just BS just like common folks out here. Just BS like these trash cops. BS like these prejudiced, racist white folks. Just as BS. Anchor FM, Spotify, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. J. Cole, I mean not J. Cole, excuse me, I like, I like J. Cole too. Drake, he snitch. They say Snoop Dogg snitching. Man, look. Celebrities is no different from common people you see every day. Your neighbors. But what's different, they get just gotten nicer things. That's it. They don't have to work at 9 to 5. They don't have to work at no McDonald's. They don't have to work at no Walmart. They don't have to work. No, 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 no. They working. They working in the industry. Being someone's B-I-T-C. B-I-T-C-H. Bitch. They don't control nothing unless they get their own. That's like some child want to walk in and try to do whatever he want to do in mama's house. No. Mama go kick your behind out. Get out. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Celebrities are no different from you. But what's different from you from them, they just got money. That's it. That's it. They don't have a life. They got to hire security guards to knock a fool out if you want to go touch somebody. They just is a drunk like you. They just is a crackhead like you. They just is a cokehead like you. Ain't nothing different. It's different, all right, because they got more bank. They got more guap. They got more this. They got more that. And you got to scratch and claw just to get all that. Hmm. Telling you. So much going on. It's ridiculous. Dre was my name. Dre was conqueror. Follow me on Instagram. That is Jarrell Lucian number seven. Follow me on Facebook, Jarrell Lucian. YouTube, like it, like, share, and subscribe. Jarrell Lucian. Email me at Lucian number seven at gmail.com. If you have any questions, any businesses. Any inquiries? I don't know because they're about to shut everything down again because of people not following directions or in, or instructions to wear a mask. This is what happens of level three coronavirus. It's the, indeed the devil going up and down to and fro seeking whoever he, she devours. Coronavirus is the devil going up and down to and fro seeking whoever he it pleases to devour. Realize that. Because someone he or she is affected with this virus. You can cash at 
me. For more, hear more, 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 more topics by me, po podcasts, all this on Anchor. Donate. I appreciate to my cash app. That is dollar sign Lucian Jarrell number seven. Cash app me. I, I deeply appreciate your donation. I'm out of here. I'm out. Take care of yourselves. Peace and farewell.